0: Hello, and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on yet another overcast, but pleasant day in the capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Joanne Alvey, founder and manager of Little Rainbows Day Nursery. Joanne, Hello. Hi. Thank you for coming on the show today. We might as well get stuck right in. You have children, you have uh, staff. How do you manage both of them? And do you use different techniques on each?
1: Um, yes, and no, I suppose, to be honest. Um, managing children and managing staff do have their similarities, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> it's hard work. Um, Very much so. I've got a team of 14 staff um, to lead and and manage. Um, And actually, it's a combination, I suppose, of thinking about the way we work with the children as well as the way we work with the staff and making sure that everybody is working to the same um, ethos um, and, and has got our vision.
0: Now, your vision is quite strong. You, you founded the nursery in 2017 and have expanded quite rapidly. How do you uh, manage uh, to keep motivation up in staff uh, when you're taking on so much so quickly?
1: Um, we've had our difficulties, I'll be honest. It's been hard work. It's a lot of effort from staff. Um, I think one of the key things with the staff is um, the well-being and making sure that you know the staff are not um, taking on too much, that um, they understand my ethos and are on the same wavelength as me. You know, we yeah. as a as a staff are very much committed to ongoing learning and training. You know, we we have an ethos that you know we don't know everything, and we never will. There's always more to learn and and the staff are very much on board with that, but I have to balance that out with actually recognizing that staff have their own personal lives to lead you know, and I have a an open door policy that staff can come to me um you know if they've got problems going on, if there's things outside of work that are impacting um you know they I want them to feel comfortable to come and talk to me um so that we can support them.
0: Now, you um, seem to have quite a bit of a a collaboration uh, going on uh, there at Rainbows. Um, Your leadership style, was that formed by anyone in particular? Did you have a mentor that you looked up to when you first
1: joined the industry? Um, No, I wouldn't say it was um, sort of from anybody specifically I'd looked up to. I think it's a combination of my experience of working within the education sector, um, because I started out working in a high school, I volunteered in a primary school before I came down to early years, Um, so I think a lot of it comes from my own experience, um, and also I think it's impacted by the needs of the children that we have as well, um, and how I feel that I want the nursery to be for those children and those families.
0: Now, you have a a developing uh, business. Uh, You have uh, a lot of pupils who look up to you as a a role model. What's the biggest challenge facing you?
1: Um, I think it's a juggling act. Um, You know, I am a hands-on person, so I am not, one for sitting in the office and hiding away all day. I like to be with my staff. So for me it's juggling the amount of time that I have to spend in meetings and in the office, doing the paperwork, with actually that hand on hand practice of being with the children and with the staff, modelling how to, you know, how to be um, and modelling good practice.
0: Now, what's your advice to the next generation uh, looking to join your industry?
1: Um, I think there's a few issues, really. I think if you come into the industry, you need to have your eyes wide open and understand that um, looking after children is a very serious role. Um, it's not. There's a lot more to it than there has been previously in history. Mm-hmm. A lot more requirements, both legal, um, you know, when we when we think about Ofsted, <sighs> um, we think about safeguarding, um, but it's also, it, it's something you can only do if you are really passionate about it. It's not a particularly well-paid job, so you've got to have a real passion in order to do this job.
0: It sounds like you do have a passion uh, for your industry. Uh, If you had a chance to uh, speak to Ofsted, uh, to their governing body yourself, what improvements would you suggest they make over the field in general?
1: Um, I think that... I think Ofsted as a governing body, I I do think as a general rule, they actually do it very well. And I think that... um, the changes they've recently made to um, to inspections and what they're looking for, to be honest, they're very, very welcome within the industry. Um, I think it's been really good at, um, for us. However, what I would say is I do think that maybe Ofsted need to just take a slightly more holistic approach to it and actually look a little bit more on staff wellbeing and um And the sort of holistic approach that we have, um, you know, we we see ourselves as a big family, Um, you know, that is staff, children, me, parents, everybody. Um, And I think it would be good for Ofsted to really look at that um, and take that into regard.
0: So staff stress is, is an issue?
1: Yes, definitely, definitely.
0: Um, this seems to be cropping up more and more the more people I speak with. Um, There seems to be uh, almost a crisis in stress levels in the workplace. Uh, What can be done to alleviate this?
1: Um, I think it's about working practice and it's about expectations. So, for example, um, I'm very aware of what the issues that, that staff here face and how exhausting that can be as well as juggling their own lives and families because most of our staff have young families. Um, So for me, one of the things I did right from the beginning, one of the stalls I set out was that my full-time staff who work 38 hours a week only do it over four days. So, you know, I don't have anybody apart from myself that works five days a week. They all have a day off during mm-hmm. the week, and I think that's really important.
0: So it's you eliminating know, the think, chance of burnout.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, we do all the things I've got into a well-being service that um, staff can access that gives them um, helpful people to contact. It offers a counselling service for you know if they have a bereavement or something like that. So it. You know, people need to look at it in that wider aspect and think what pressure is being put on them. And if there are certain demands that we have to meet, which they are, you know, there always will be, how can we manage that to to support staff so they don't burn out?
0: Well, just like playing a record too many times in a row, you do not want to wear out the grooves. And uh, your uh, people obviously have a highly demanding uh, role to fulfill. Uh, the safety and well-being of these children are in their hands. So they need to be alert and they need to be able to uh, make sense of what they're doing in the workplace. Um, exactly. Where we are almost out of time. But before I let you go, what does the next 12 months have in store for Little Rainbows Day Nursery?
1: Um, Well, I think um, we're very much, we are, as you said, we've grown very, very quickly and we are continuing to grow. Um, We are looking at a very much more holistic approach. So we're branching out into doing support for parents and families. We're looking at running short courses for them. Um, And we're sort of looking at how can we work as a sector, not just with our families, but also with other existing nurseries. We are, as a sector, in a bit of a crisis at the moment around funding and things. So it's really important that we support each other. Um, And that's what we're sort of looking at now. What can we do?
0: Well, Joanne, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today discussing leadership. And I very much hope you'll come back and uh, see us again soon. Uh, Joanne, thank Thank you. you. Thank you. That was Joanne Avey, the founder and manager of Little Rainbow's Day Nursery. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Jeff Hurst.
2: Uh, we're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final. Sir Jeff Hurst, uh, thank you very much for coming on today.
3: Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon.
2: absolutely and in those early days um at west ham uh, with with a manager like uh, ron uh, there it's also important to have uh uh confidence with your other players and of course they become your friends who did you look at to at the time uh when to inspire confidence in yourself was it more was it peter's i think
3: probably well i was very fortunate to play with the talent of the players i did That's griping or moaning about the system, and if you've got people like that in the organisation, one thing I have learnt, and I've taken it on in my life and my family, if you've got somebody in a group that doesn't want to be part of it. You you get them out. And Alf, I think, was was quite ruthless of that and his staff. And I think that's one thing. I, one of the most serious things I think I've learnt over a long period of time.
2: And is there? Do you think? Uh...
3: they were people that else didn't think wanted to be part of a group um so that that's that' for me in terms of my personal view i think that it looked prior to the um world cup that i was going to be playing um in it only a few games before i was i was playing and i played with Jimmy region in the game against yugoslavia only a couple of months before the final and it looked at that stage as if i was going to be
2: uh, well, I can tell you if you want. I mean, You've want,
3: you want, you got time. I can tell I go, you if you want. Jeff, go on.
2: Go on. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay. So I was uh,
3: doing a, a, at a dinner in, in the Channel Lines, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, guest of honor. And this occasion, I was speaking for about 20 minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening. And there was a football questions. And then all of a sudden, I heard a, somebody at the back who I'm sure perhaps uh, there are there are people who pay you compliments of of fans uh, of, of West Ham and of uh, Stoke and of course in the uh, England fans who um, I, I, I think probably uh, it would be very immodest of me to to suggest I I felt that somebody was looking to me for inspiration um okay.